Hey bridge builders, this is Ray Torkelson, your head bridge builder in chief. I'm getting these titles mixed up. Um, it's been a long day. I woke up around 5.30 to get down to Mike, getting out of the shelter at 6.30. We spent a day going down to Salem, visiting his family, um, did some recording along the way. It's a little choppy because... We were in the car with my laptop. I promise I'm going to get an external mic soon so this all sounds better, but um, I still think it's worth a listen. It's a really fascinating conversation between Mike and I about a proposed shelter in southeast Portland that's been the center of heated debate lately in the community, and we get Mike's take as much as possible on it um, for as much time as he wanted to spend talking about it, and I think what's important to listen to here is someone's perspective who is currently homeless and has been homeless on and off for years and in and out of different shelters in Portland. So I think his take is uh, really interesting. Give it a listen. Thanks. Hey, Bridge Builders. Mike and I here. You want to say hi, Mike? What's up, Bridge Builders? <laughs> Josh is uh, currently out of town, so I'm filling in on the podcast today for him. I think he's out of town. Well, I could text him. I'm pretty sure he is. We're assuming that Josh is out of town and I'm stepping in. All right, so um, I'm just going to look up an article about what's going on here with the uh, the shelter. Yeah, we're currently outside some grocery store out here off Foster. And uh, there's been a, supposedly a lot of heated debate about uh, it being turned into a homeless shelter. Yeah. But uh, last night we drove around and we couldn't even find no homeless to even hand out pizza to when we were trying to do our pizza thing last yeah, night. Yeah, there were no homeless people out here. But I think part of the concern is that it'll bring homeless people here. So, um, but yeah, we couldn't find anybody last night, Saturday. So, do you want to, just for any of our bridge builders that are new, that don't know you, do you want to talk a bit about who you are? Because I'm going to be all over our gram and stuff as the founder, but you know, your role as our first asker, I think is very interesting in your background. Yeah, I'm Mike. I'm 30. I'm homeless here in Portland, Oregon. I'm originally from Salem. Uh, I met Ray when I was outside of uh, Riverside Tobacco in downtown Portland, Spain. And then uh, I kind of thought he was full of baloney. <laughs> when he said he was going to help me get a sweatshirt. But uh, he actually drove down the road and yelled at me one day, Mike! <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and uh, we met back up right down the road at the same place we met before. And uh, he's like, well, hey, we raised the money for your sweatshirt. So he's like, when do you want to go get it? We went, so we went to go get my sweatshirt from Keith. That was the first thing they helped me out with. Then they ended up helping me out with a phone. And now they're currently trying to help me out with getting off the streets. Yeah, yeah. Whoop, whoop. Building the bridge. Yep. So that's a bit about Mike, you guys. Um, super happy to have him on the podcast today. He is a much, as much a part of Donor Bridge as Josh and I are. Um, but we'll call him a guest today on the <laughs> podcast just because it's usually Josh and I. Um <laughs> So, like uh, Mike, I think, mentioned, we're outside. This, um, so, we're outside. I think it's the Paldo Market, or maybe it's this other like, vacant space, but it's where a shelter is being proposed in Portland. 
Um, and I've got an article from Coin6. I was on their telethon recently with Union Gospel Mission, which is kind of cool. Really nice people there. But uh, they're just a messenger here reporting on. It came out five days ago, published December 19th, 2017 by Amy Frazier. What up, Amy? Um, headline, Plan Southeast Foster Homeless Shelter Causes Mixed Reactions. So Mike and I are, we're going to be driving to Salem, but... Um, we are starting outside at this shelter. There's a beautiful, or at the, the grocery store. I hope we have the right one. And this isn't the, and one of, one of these buildings is the abandoned building. But we're going to go ahead and read through, um, read through this article real quick before we get going. So, and there is a little mural on the side of this building that the little dragon kind of reminds me of a raised dog. Willie. Willie. It's, it's got the Willie's eyes. It does. He's our intern at Donor Bridge. You should follow him on Instagram at intern. All right. So Does he really have his own Instagram page? Yes. Oh my god. Okay. Um, I've heard it all now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you Nate, heard it here first. Heard intern it here first. really has an Instagram page. I mean, he's our intern, man. He can't use his thumbs on. Okay. Um, here we go, guys. Neighbors of a planned Southeast Portland homeless shelter learned more about the project during a community meeting Monday night and had the chance to voice their opinions and concerns. So it's Sunday now. This would have been just this last Monday. The city and county plan to put the 100-bed shelter in a building that currently houses an old grocery store at Southeast Foster and 61st, which is where we are. While the shelter is scheduled to open next summer or fall, and it's winter right now, it's getting mixed reactions from residents who live in the neighborhood. A capacity crowd packed the community meeting Monday night, where the residents heard from city and county leaders about the plan. Another 200 people waited outside. Organizers of the shelter say the need is great in southeast Portland due to a large homeless population in the area. Okay, we didn't find anybody last night for pizza. But no, we were around for a good half an hour. I mean, we were out for three hours. Well, yeah, but I'm just talking just about this neighborhood alone. Yeah. According to them, the layout of the old grocery store works well for renovations, and the site is close to transit, job opportunities, and PCC. Okay, so I believe it's this building over here, and we've just been duped by this very cu cool mural with the willy-looking eyes on that dragon, but... It's just this area right here, which I think is important to focus on. Um, so, however, some neighbors argue it's a terrible location near businesses, homes, and kids. Quote, you've sandwiched this facility between a youth development center and an at-risk high school. I don't think you could have tried harder to find a poorer location, end quote. Not sure who that's from. Um, there is a YMCA and the Mount Scott Learning Center in the area. Another resident, Bill Meyer, said, Hey, Bill, um, I have seen problems in that area already without a shelter there. They leave all their garbage for everyone to clean up after them. I have to do that, and the city has to do that. End quote from Bill. Uh, start quote from Jeff R. Smith. I am concerned that there is a lot of emotional knee-jerk reaction to say that this is bad, bad, bad. And I am like, what is so bad about it? <coughs> These people live in our neighborhood already. End quote. Jeff R. Smith, who lives near the proposed shelter, said. Hey, Jeff. Um, one, here's another quote. One of the things we've offered is to work with the school and some other folks to help us come up with expectations. And that's something we take very seriously. End quote. Said Dennis Terralt with the Joint Office of Homeless Services. 
Hey, Dennis. I've talked to uh, Mark a little bit about what we're doing at Donor Bridge. Hope you're listening. So folks who stay in our shelter, they have very strict codes of conduct they have to follow. You can't just be there and break rules. You have to be a good neighbor, said Dennis. This is also planned as a low-barrier shelter. For example, people can bring pets or stay with a partner. Mayor Ted Wheeler, who was at the meeting, told the crowd that homelessness is one of the many major issues he's trying to tackle. Start quote from Ted. It's an opportunity for folks to rebuild their lives, Wheeler said. They take that opportunity seriously, end quote. Well, I'm glad to hear he's a lot nicer than the uh, lovely Columbia guy. <laughs> Tim? Yeah. You know, Tim is a great guy who's helped a lot in the Portland community, and I think maybe came off wrong with what he's trying to do with Columbia. And actually, I think... Um, would love to get him on our podcast to talk about homelessness in Portland and what he's. Done. I'd love to get him on the podcast too, because uh, I would. I would love to ask him this: How a guy who claims to hate the homeless so much donates so much of his product to homeless resources? Does he claim to hate the homeless? Well, he sure claims that we uh, run a laptop donation program. Well. That is true. Um, or at least his trying company stere- has that joke. Trying to be stereotypical. I just, I don't know what it's like in Tim's, you know, shoes. And he's got billions of dollars and could do a lot yeah. to help Portland. And I think if we can work with him, that would be better than working well, against him. Well, I mean, you, you, even, you yourself attempted to donate a laptop. <laughs> yeah, I tried. The program wasn't open. Maybe he knew I was out there. Um so and that's on our, that's on the Instagram page too, people. You can check. You guys can always go on and check that out. Check out all the past posts and everything. Yeah, and our second podcast episode is about safety in PDX and Columbia. But uh, the last paragraph in this article, just to finish it off, is Multnomah County has also filed paperwork to open a 200-bed shelter in a vacant warehouse in the Old Town Chinatown neighborhood. Okay, cool. Um, let me turn on the navigation to get us to Salem. Now there is a warehouse in Old Town right now? Apparently they can do 200 beds. Kind of crazy. So Mike, um, you're welcome to take or pass any question I send your way, but I think for our bridge builders, it's going to be a lot more interesting to hear you talk about this proposed shelter than to hear me talk about it, since I've never even stayed in a shelter. Um, I mean, for example, like it's, what, 7.30 a.m. I picked you up around 6.30, and you had just gotten out of Imago, Imago Day. Day. So tell us about Imago Day first. Well, Imago Day is uh, only open when there's severe weather warnings, and... Uh, Pretty much, you go in, you get a mat, they give you a cup, or coffee, or whatever, and uh, sometimes it gets interesting, with people arguing. Last night there was a little dispute over somebody having their phone volume turned up. Well, I, Shall found, we out, roll down? <laughs> I found out the hard way the other day when we were passing out pizzas. <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Ray here himself went up into a plaid pantry. Ray went up into the plaid pantry and he tried spreading the word. And uh dude pulls down his banana and looks at him and says, I'm not homeless. 
And all I, said, all I said to him for the record was pizza at six. And when he said that, I was like, hey, just spreading the word. So, you know, I try and tailor my messages through Donor Bridge to everybody to take it in whatever position they're in to help build the bridge. And what is the, uh, what, what exactly is a severe weather shelter? It's different than the shelter that is it's being It's a proposed. shelter that's open when it's like 25 and dry. 25 degrees or dry, or below freezing in some sort of uh, rain, snow, something. Gotcha. What did you say the temperature threshold? It's like 20. 25 if it's dry, 32 if it's snowing. raining or snowing. And didn't they say there has to be like an inch of accumulation? Yeah, something like that. So, if this has been such a controversy in the neighborhood, this proposed shelter. What? What do Where you Where are think? the homeless people? That's my question. Well, not here yet, I guess. But they did say in that article, like, there's a bunch of homeless people in Southeast Portland. I wonder if they're talking about inner Southeast, because, like, I mean, I guess outer Southeast would be more like, um, would be more like past 82nd, right? But at the same time, like, Foster and 61st doesn't really feel like inner southeast i mean we got we got the homeless people down by pal down by our temporary office by freddy's no grind oh grind yeah um well, Love I mean, grind so Hope you guys are listening mm-hmm. shout out to southeast grind yeah um i mean we're headed right now past that like we could we could like vouch for whether or not there's actually homeless people down here um, I see them all the time, right when we got, right when we had to go through that little circle around. Yeah, totally. So I'm just thinking about from our bridge builder's perspective. What are they going to be interested in knowing that you could share with them about the shelter? So, what have you ever been in a shelter that has a hundred beds before? Margo Day usually has about a hundred. So last night. Yeah. Okay, so that only opens when the weather's bad, but it might simulate a bit of the experience what a large shelter that's always open would be like, yeah? Yep. So what kind of folks are staying there? Uh, at the severe weather shelters, mainly ones that don't normally stay in shelters, like me. Mm-hmm. Normally I'll stay on the streets or in my tent. Got it. So do you think then the proposed shelter could attract a different crowd than the crowds that you're used to seeing in shelters? You know what I mean by that? It would probably attract a... Probably going to be more like city team and people who are actually trying to have jobs. I mean, yeah. Not that I'm not trying to have a job. I would love to have a job. But you're... Just, like, your preference is not to be in these shelters. Yeah. So, why is that? Theft. Theft. Okay, interesting. There's a lot of people that like to steal shit from other people. In shelters? In shelters. What's something that would get stolen? Cell phone. Cell phone. (laughs) Clothes. Clothes. Cigarettes. Interesting. Your wallet. So... What I'm hoping is that we'll have some listeners who are in this area, in the southeast, 
it wouldn't be people staying in the shelter necessarily. But, you know, what what do you think are the pros and cons of a shelter coming to this area for the community? Bless you. What do you think are the pros and cons? Like, maybe one of the cons is, like, potential safety issues. But do you think there's upside to a shelter ending up out there? Assuming there are all these homeless people that Dudes is talking about. Bear with me here, man, folks. I think Mike's got a bit of a cold. Yeah. Dark, severe weather storms. Mm. It is very cold. My, uh, my car says it's 32 outside right now. Well, maybe not, though. I Out here, I've seen a lot of fast food stuff that we've driven by. And a lot of other stuff that looks like it could provide some jobs. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so you're thinking, like... Uh, it could be useful. It could be helpful. The shelter? Yeah. In I, terms of, like, uh, helping people get through work while they're out of a home? Yeah, get employment and get back on their feet. Interesting. So... In that sense, there could be, like, an economic benefit, like employing more people in the area, employing those who are homeless, etc. What What kind of jobs, like, can homeless people get? Anything, really. Anything they really want. But Anything they really want. I mean, what are the barriers I mean, they're going to face? There's, there's always the barriers, the hygienic issue. Uh, sure. For a lot of people. Here's grind. Whoop, whoop, grind. <laughs> Uh, for a lot of people, you know, there's the uh, background checks and all that sort of stuff. But even then, you know, in a way, the background checks, I don't know if you know this, Ray, but Probably the, the background checks, if, if somebody's a felon, yeah, you technically have a better job, better chance of getting hired than an on-felon. Why is that? Because there is a federal grant that reimburses the business owner the first six months that you work for the company. Seriously? Yes. Just as, like, the salary for, for that to, worker? Like a minimum wage for six months? Or what kind of, how does the grant work? Uh, it's... How much do they reimburse? I'm interested. I'm a business owner. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know exactly how much it is. I, I just know that, you know, there's a... Federal tax write-off for hiring convicted felons. Wow. I should look into that for the Bridgemobile, because if we had the insurance for them to drive this with a license and all that, then we could pay somebody to be doing these deliveries for the homeless. But um, I digress. So, I got first dibs, lady jump, just to let you know. <laughs> and um, I love driving, so, you know, good luck getting me out of the driver's seat. So to, to, to walk where we were back to this proposed shelter, what you're saying is that... It'd probably it, be good for Southeast Portland. Okay. And and the main or only reason we've really discussed so far why it might be good is it would bring people who can take those entry-level jobs, for example, mm-hmm. or even skilled labor if, they ha- if they're bringing some talent and education to the, the table. Yeah, there's plenty of construction that needs to be done out there. Yeah, I gotcha. Like that one road we drove down last night. That road was horrible. And then the other thing you were saying is if any of those people in the shelter are felons, I'll have to go back and and do my research on this because I just don't know myself and would love to see it. But 
assuming this is correct about the grant for hiring felons for the first six months, then jobs could get started on federal grants in Southeast Portland with these homeless folks for any of them that are felons. Correct? Yep. Interesting. So let's, we'll, we'll go into the cons after this, but let's focus, since we're talking about this, on what are the pros of the shelter um, that's being pr proposed. So we, we've said a potential economic benefit, like bringing, bringing people who might be doing labor in the area. What would be another pro? I, I can think of one, but I want to want to try and jog your your brain here as much as we can. Oh, it's too early to jog my brain. <laughs> it is a little bit early, but I'm still half asleep, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Hopefully, that caramel mojito is waking you up a little bit. Uh, it's like almost empty, and I'm not awake. We can always stop for coffee again. Um, so here's something I was thinking of about what could be good about a shelter. Again, Mike and I were handing out pizza last night in Portland and didn't really find anybody in this particular area, any homeless folks. We found like one guy who took pizza. But assuming there's just homeless people all over the place out there that we just didn't see, then them being in the shelter at night will get them off the streets. And who knows what's happening when they're living on the streets trying to survive if everything was sort of put in one place for at least a hundred people, um, you know, what would be, what would be the upside and the consequences of that? Um, I don't really see the potential consequences of that, or at least negative consequences. I see potential positive consequences, which is any sort of activity that's created by those homeless folks living on the streets at night, or just even being awake at night because they're not going to sleep if they're not in a shelter. Um, it is going to be all under wraps. I mean, if they're in the shelter, they're not going to go out at night. I was on the phone the other day with Mike trying to find a shelter through 211, and I was like, oh, well, any beds free up later tonight because they were full. And they said people typically don't leave in the middle of the night. They don't give up their shelter bed. So uh, getting people off the streets, like I think getting them into a shelter where then they can work, um, and have that stability of a place to go, like that seems like a great thing. But um, what they did mention was... It's a low barrier shelter. So I don't think they did a great job in that article, no offense coin, of explaining no, they they what did. a low barrier shelter oh, is. Did. No, they did. Uh, what did they say? They said that it was to where couples could come in, pets and everything else. But isn't it also true that with a low barrier shelter, it's sort of like no questions asked about like your background or whether you're on drugs or high or whatever. I'm not saying that's bad. It's just I'm not sure if they're really going into explicit detail. Believe it or not, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, so our partner, Do Good Multnomah, is a low barrier shelter for houseless veterans out on like Northeast Alameda and 59th. Hey, Chris, if you're listening, we love you guys. Um, and from what I understand, the way a low barrier shelter works is it's basically like no questions asked. Um, in their case, they get funding to help veterans, so you do have to be a veteran. Um, but the, the low barrier approach is exactly what it sounds like. There's really little to no barriers to getting shelter other than just what's the capacity of the shelter. Um, really, the only rule is you have to be a good community member and 
if you're having a bad day and things aren't working out behaviorally, you'll be asked to leave and then come back the next night. It's typically how it works. Um, would the severe weather shelters be considered low barrier shelters? For the most part. For the most part. Could you tell us a little bit about your experience with other shelters in Portland? Um, trying to think. I don't really stay in shelters that much. Yeah. So then why is that? Is it mostly the fear of getting stuff stolen? Fear of getting stuff stolen and uh, the hassle of being able to get everything they know, they want. Everything they want, like all the background. Identification, TV tests. Well, but a low barrier shelter then wouldn't really have those issues as much, right? Um, but this is where we could maybe go into the cons of the proposed shelter is what if homeless folks are hesitant to go there because they don't want to be in a shelter? What if they would rather be in tents or tiny homes, for example? You look like you could use some more coffee. I, I need more coffee. I'm half asleep. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. We're going to take a quick break. You're going to get some coffee. Make sure Mike's awake because... I'll pass it out here. That's Jersey. It's more important to hear from him than it is from me. You guys hear from me every day. We're going to stop at uh, McDonald's. Ronald, if you're listening, what up? <laughs> um, and then we'll we'll get back online here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Back with the podcast. Um, we had a short break. Listened to some music. Woke up a little bit. Watch Ray making any of himself listen to Justin Bieber. Yep, Justin Bieber's great. Uh, hope he's listening. So, Shout out to Justin and Selena. Yeah. Uh, Selena, all I can say is I'm a little disappointed. Should be me, not Justin, but that's okay. Yep, My, Mike's out here. Um, <laughs> so we just wanted to continue our chat about kind of shelters in Portland from a different perspective because there's been some... A heated debate about a proposed shelter in southeast Portland and the, the heatedness of the debate seems to be about safety issues, bringing more homeless people to the community, um, potential issues with drugs, and I have our first asker at Donorbridge here, Mike, to give us his perspective on this shelter that's being proposed. So, Mike? Like I said, I think it's a great idea. Uh, they're there's plenty of places around there for people to find employment to be able to get themselves off the street. There was lots of fast food and things like that where people can get those entry-level jobs that homeless people should be able to get. I think that's really interesting is to think about what is the economic benefits of shelters. And just to recap um, some of what we talked about earlier, the, the two good reasons to, to bring a shelter in is it could give people the stability to work in that area where there may be jobs. So that's sort of the economic benefit. And then um, on the other hand, it'll keep people off the streets at night. Yeah, keep, keep people like me from going through your trash can to get cans. <laughs> yeah, so canning. I mean, is it this exit? Yeah. Okay. Um, We're actually currently on the road right now to Salem to go see some of my family for Christmas. Yeah, it's uh, 
And actually, one of my family members, the one we're going to stop at first, actually lives in a homeless shelter in Salem. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll be rolling through in the Bridgemobile, spreading the holiday cheer with our uh, our podcaster vibes. Yep. So, so what what would you say is the impact that existing shelters have had on the communities? Like, if it's true that or if it could, might be true that it brings people to work. Like, are, do you notice that a lot of people in shelters are working in the shelters that I you've been in? I've noticed that quite a bit lately, that a lot of people in the shelters have been working. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of shelters that help you get work and help you get back on your feet. And, you know, Portland Rescue Mission, they got a program that helps you get a job and get back on your feet. Um the Samaka house here here in Kaiser, where my sister currently lives, you know, they've given her a job to help her get back on her feet. You know, and that's, that's one of the important things to do, is be able to get a job and get back on your feet and not be homeless no more. It's when you get to the point that you have the people that don't want to help themselves that it becomes an issue. Absolutely. Now, something that some of our builders might not know and I'd like to know more about is we're going to put the shelter in Southeast and these homeless folks there, whether they have jobs or not. What what is it like applying for a job and finding a job when you're homeless? At times it's hard because, you know, you don't got a place to do your hygiene regularly. You don't have a place to store all your stuff and when you're homeless, all your all your belongings are with you. Yeah. What about just finding the job opportunities to apply? Um, I mean, for me, once I had that phone, it was pretty easy. Yeah. You find a job interviews. You know, in days of having a phone, I had a job interview in Beaverton. So I'm waiting to hear back from that right now. And they're going to reach out to you, you said, like, on Facebook? Yeah, yeah they, he's supposed to message me via Facebook, so... Hopefully I hear back from that this week. Fingers crossed. That would be a great little holiday gift. Speaking of holiday gifts, there is a You Caring fundraising page. Just want to give my own little shout out. You know, I mean, you guys are welcome to go on there. It's You Caring. Mike dash is homeless. No, it's youcaring.com slash Mike dash is dash homeless. So just Mike is homeless and the spaces are dashes. Trying to have fun, trying to help me get out the streets, and uh, unfortunately, I'm only at like 200. Right, 295 right now. Oh, it went up. Yeah, and actually, the best way to donate right now, if you're in Portland and you like the Trailblazers, is we have an Instagram challenge up. You can go um, tag a friend on it, donate two dollars to enter to win two 100 level tickets to the december 28th game versus the 76ers and the friend that you tag also has to donate two dollars for you to be eligible to win currently we only have one uh entrant would that be the way entry somebody who's entered and the the friends they've tagged haven't even done a donation yet so technically nobody is is entered and there's just like 330 dollar value tickets just sitting there um, and you're giveaway. welcome, you know, to go ahead and just, you know, tag me and, and bring I'll Mike go to the you. game. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't mind going to the Trailblazers game. Yep. Even though Star Wars movie. 
I'm here. It's probably much more entertaining. Yeah, for sure. So, um, keep going. Keep going. So, it's really interesting. Maybe I could do a bit of research on what data is available on the sort of benefits to finding and keeping employment that shelters give. I personally don't know a lot about that. Um, now, here's here's a question about the shelter is, is this a shelter that you would ever go to if you were still homeless? Low barrier, yeah. Southeast Foster, kind of deep, 61st. It is kind of out of my way, so probably not. Probably not. Do you know people that would go there? Oh, there's plenty of people that would go there. You know, Even though we didn't see a lot of homeless people there when we were driving around. It's like you're buried that way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those guys, they like it better when there's not that many homeless people. You know, the less people, honestly, the better. Yeah. I mean, 100 people sounds like a lot, but does that feel crowded to be in that big of a shelter? No. There was plenty of room in that place. Okay. Either building it was going to be in. There was plenty of room. This, they're both plenty big enough. What did you think of the space itself that we looked at this morning? Spacious. Spacious. The, the empty old grocery yeah, store? Yeah, there, there was plenty of room inside to easily make it a 100-bed shelter. Gotcha. So, yeah, how left, much... Left up here. Left right. up here. How much interaction is there with staff at these shelters? Not much. Not unless there's an issue. Really? Yeah. It's kind of like they just let people be. Yep. So yeah, you're growing. You're growing. We're supposed to be growing, grown as adults, formerly. Yeah, good community members. What are issues you've seen come up in shelters before? Uh, like what's the worst thing you've ever seen in a shelter? Do get stabbed over twenty dollar drug debt? Wow. So you you've seen violence in a shelter before? Yep. Which shelter was that at? Portland Rescue Mission. Somebody got stabbed. Yep. Inside the shelter. Yep. At Portland Rescue Mission. Yep. When was that? Uh, it was about eight years ago. Eight? Yep. Eight years ago. Well, hopefully they figured out those safety issues. Um, how do you think shelters can <clears throat> prevent that sort of thing from happening? Well, wasn't that far out. I don't think it's going to end up being an issue because, you know, there's not much out there. Yeah. This market house is right here. On the right? Here? Right here. This is actually run by uh, Union Gospel Mission. Boys, man. Yeah, Union Gospel Mission. We're gonna, I'm going to attempt to... Restoring hope. We're going to attempt to make a live phone call here. Yeah, let's do it. That'd be fun. Surprise my sister by making her come outside. Hold on. Let's, uh, let's go park. My luck, she's not going to answer the phone, but we're going to make a live phone call here on the podcast. And do what we can do. I think she can get calls at this time. So here we go, people, live on the podcast. Call in your sister. Call my sister to give her a Christmas present. 
Hi, are you at Samaka House? Yeah. I need you to come outside and get your present. What? I need you to come outside and get your present. Are you here? I'm here. Oh, I look horrible, Michael. Okay, bye. <laughs> my brother's here, my brother's <laughs> you heard it there first, ladies and gentlemen. My sister just found out that her that little brother is sitting outside. So, um, Hey, folks. It's just Ray here right now in the Bridgemobile. Just got to the Union Gospel Mission of Salem, which is where Mike's sister is staying. It's a homeless shelter. And uh, we're going to head down into Salem to bring Mike by the rest of his family to say hi for the holidays, which he asked me to do. Um, and Sue is going to join us. So I think she'll be hopping on the podcast too, and we can get another perspective of um, the homeless on the shelter coming in here at Southeast Foster and 61st. It is a very special moment to see family coming together during the holidays that you know doesn't expect to see each other. Um, Sue is just so happy to see Mike, and I'm just... Happy to be able to facilitate this sort of thing happening. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we just arrived here at Smokin House, made a phone call. I told my sister she needed to come outside and get her, her present. And uh, <laughs> she started flipping out in the background, my brother's here. <laughs> so right now we're currently sitting outside waiting for her to grab her stuff. And then we're going to head up to my mom's house thanks to Donor Bridge. We, uh, we'll be sure to get a picture so you guys see what we're up to. Um, I'm trying to pull up more articles on this um, Foster Road Foster. Yay, more articles. No. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Okay, so here's the FAQ. So what is the timeline for opening a shelter at 6144 Southeast Foster? Portland, Multnomah County, and the Joint Office are just beginning conversations with neighbors and stakeholders on the development of the planned shelter. The meeting December 18th is the first step in a month-long series of conversations meant to take neighbors' concerns into account while designing and creating a shelter that fits with its surroundings. The site wouldn't open until late summer or early fall 2018. Partners in opening the shelter are committed to maintaining open lines of communication throughout the shelter development process, as well as establishing a mechanism for ongoing communications and community input once the shelter opens. Two, why did you choose this location? All right, here we go. This is interesting. According to our 2017 point-in-time count of homeless neighbors, 368 people, roughly 22% of our unsheltered homeless population, were counted in southeast Portland between the Willamette River and 82nd Avenue. That's more people and a larger share overall than counted in downtown slash old town. As part of our strategy for providing shelter, we strive to match new capacity in places where there is demonstrated need. We expect our shelters to offer people a path to leave a neighborhood streets. The site also works well in terms of finances and operations. Even with record investments in our safety net, need is increasing even faster. The layout allows us to cost-effectively program a site that can be tailored for a quality shelter. That bullet point is unclear. The site is also close to transit, job opportunities, Southeast Works and WorkSource Oregon, Portland Community College, community amenities, and multifamily housing. Three, what is the likely model for the shelter? The planned shelter is expected to resemble the Willamette Center shelter in Westmoreland, also run by Transition Projects. The shelter will be open and provide services to registered guests 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
This provides a more stable situation for guests and prevents queuing to get into shelter and large releases of people in the morning. The shelter services are only available to registered guests who have reserved beds. There will not be walk-up day center services, reducing the risk that people without shelter will congregate or choose to camp near the shelter. Shelter guests will be able to store property, access laundry and hygiene services, and access transition services in the shelter. The shelter encourages individuals who would otherwise choose to sleep in public to come inside by reducing barriers to entry and offering appropriate services on site. The shelter will serve adults and be part of our efforts to prioritize shelter capacity to women, couples, individuals with disabilities, and veterans. The exact population mix and capacity will depend upon programming, but we expect the shelter will serve 100 to 120 adults similar to the Willamette Center. While barriers to entry are lowered for this shelter, guests must adhere to program rules, including standards around being a good neighbor to reside in the shelter. Shelter managers, transition project leadership, and the Joint Office of Homeless Services are directly available for neighbors to share specific or ongoing concerns. Four, will the shelter's proximity to school sites affect who can stay there? The shelter is a public accommodation and is intended to reduce the number of people already in the area who would otherwise be sleeping in doorways or in parks. In light of the proximity to school sites, there will be specific behavioral expectations of all guests. Those expectations will be set in cooperation with the school and will be strictly enforced. All guests will be notified of the proximity to the school sites. It's not uncommon for people with criminal histories to access low-barrier shelter programs, and many people with legal backgrounds are under the supervision of parole and probation. We expect guests and under supervision will follow the conditions of their supervision, just as they would in any other housing situation, including in a home of their own. We rely on their parole and probation officers to hold them to those parameters, with those on supervision risking arrest if they do not comply. Five. How would someone get a space at the shelter? Reservations would be handled over the phone or in person via the Transition Projects Day Center. The shelter would not be a drop-in program. All guests would be required to have a reservation prior to arrival. Once a space is reserved, guests may continue to use the space until they no longer need it. Last question, six. For the sake of example, what are some of the amenities at the Willamette Center that could be available at a foster shelter? Large sleeping rooms, space for coffee and tea, books and board games, bathrooms, showers and laundry, space to leave belongings during the day, a kitchen with light food and beverages, on-site support services, including housing, health, and income resources. Staff will provide information, referral, and support. Animals that are well-behaved, safe, and housebroken will be welcome. All right, guys, we're back. We are uh, just heading out of Salem. We had a nice stop by... Mike's family's place and uh, celebrated a little Christmas cheer. We're back on the road. We're passing by Mike's Electric here in Salem, which <laughs> must be Mike's old business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, some local homeless population right there. But yeah, and it looks like there's some homeless outside the store. But um, yeah, we're going to be headed back to Portland now. And uh, we got the UGM store here. Oh, yeah. So what is the UGM store? Because I, I work like a, little a little bit with you and you guys. A little thrift store. Oh, okay, a little thrift store. Yeah. So, like, do- donated items that are being sold, or yep, how does that work? Okay, well, and also the uh, shelters and missions around here can give out slips for the homeless to go get clothes there for free. Oh, that's awesome! That's kind of like the Sisters of the Road program, but then yeah, like with clothing. Yep, interesting. So um, we got Sue's take a little bit on the proposed shelter. Uh, I've gotten Mike's take. I've been giving my take in and out of the podcast. Probably got more than enough material for the whole podcast, but um, (laughs) we might as well just wrap up the discussion. I mean, we do have a whole hour ahead of us on this drive, but um, I guess looking back at the conversation we've had so far, do you think there's anything you've learned about the shelter or second thoughts you have, any changing perceptions of it? Like I said, honestly, the TPI thing is what drives me away from it okay and and just 
it's it's good for our bridge builders that are listening to have some repetition here. Why is that? Yeah. Have you went down by the actual TPI there on 650 Irving? Yeah. And actually opened your eyes and took a look around and understand that there's just not a lot of people there that want to actually help themselves. So what do you think is missing? Assuming, do you think there's something missing from that program? Make it a time program where they have to do some sort of jobs education class at least or be looking for work. Yeah. With proof. So boil it down to one thing. What could be different there? Them having some requirements. Like what kind of requirements? Educational or job requirements. Educational or job requirements. So are you saying like the barrier is too low to be a part of their programs or? I just think that's their TPI needs to be period. Is have requirements. Can you explain? I'm not sure our bridge builders are going to understand what that means. Like, okay, so say you say that you're either... You need to be actively, you know, going to school or working a job or look actively looking for a job to be able to stay there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because. Yeah. Like there has to be progress made while you're there. Yeah, something. On the level you of gotta, education you and you or should, employment. You should have to show some sort of effort that you're trying to change. So I, I think it should be that way at any, any shelter. Yeah. I always start by saying I'm naive, I'm ignorant, I don't know a lot about social services in Portland, I am learning. But what I would like to know is, are you confident in that statement? Like you know for a fact that nothing at Transition Projects has that kind of requirement. Because I don't know not that. that and, I've seen. and even if you say that, not that you've seen, not it's that not I've that seen. I don't believe you, I'm just, I'm somebody who has to go do my research. I don't know all Transition Projects, places, or shelters. But none that I've seen. Okay. And what, as far as which places have you seen? Bud Clark, Doreen's Place, Columbia Shelter, and the Transition Projects office where everybody serves. And so, just to be clear for our listeners, you're, you're specifying a, a requirement that you think is missing from TPI, and that would be... Um, to spell it out, like employment assistance and some kind of support for education. And like measurements that individuals staying there have to hit to stay there. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. So is it possible that they offer those things, but they're not measuring well whether people are making progress or what do you, what do you think with that? I mean, they might be offering these things, but... It should be like something mandatory that you have to do. Yeah, and so when we were reading through that article, is is this new shelter going to be operated by TPI? Is that what they were saying? Uh, that's what I got from the That's what I got FAQs. from the article, too. The, the FAQs. Yeah, the FA, right, the FAQs from Multnomah County. That's really interesting. And then they're proposing a 200 shelter bed. Uh, warehouse downtown by warehouse. Chinatown. Yeah, in the, in the Chinatown area. I think and we should maybe look at that very quick. Yeah, definitely. Once we're back in Portland, we can go by. Um, if you lived in that community. Oh, be... I'd, I'd rather them have some place to be at night than 
out wandering around. And then you were saying that during the day they could they go to could like work source, source organ and use their computers and phones. And Have you been a work source organ before? Yeah, I've done multiple jobs through work source organ. Not been, not many of them worked out, but yeah, I've found jobs for them. These jobs, these, and usually they have some sort of job program that you go through. One on one with paper. Is it somewhere you would consider going to again? Yep. And then, would you say that other folks in the community that are houseless, homeless, etc., um, would would that be something that you think they'd take advantage of? If they were there. If they're actually trying to change, yes. And so that's why you're saying it's key for the shelter to hold those standards. Yes. Because if you just bring in 100 people but aren't pushing them necessarily to get off the streets by working, then that can create problems. Yep. Interesting. And that's with TPI shelters that I've noticed are missing. Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to do some research on that and you know, look into what does TPI do to, um, you know, set the standard um, for progress towards employment. And, you know, if maybe they just, they approach it differently. Maybe it's more a policy of forgiveness and low barrier. It's like, hey, whether things are working out or not with employment, we're going to keep you here. There, there could be, whether they do what Mike is saying he hopes they do or not, there's going to be a reason because, you know, they've been doing this for years and, um, you know, there's a method to the madness. Um, just sometimes not everybody agrees with each other's approach. And I think that's definitely starting to rise to the, uh, to the top of uh, concerns in the Portland community. There we go. Yeah, I don't think there's much more to say at this point, do you? No. I think uh, pretty much covered it all. Right. Other than taking a look at this shelter when we get back. Sure. Gotcha. You guys can always touch on that at their point in time. Well, um, just want to thank everybody for listening, our bridge builders, new and alike, or prospective bridge builders. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast, Mike. Yep, Christmas Eve special. And the Christmas Eve special, yeah. We are live from the Bridgemobile right now um, on our way back to Portland. And we've had a lot of interesting discussion about this uh, proposed shelter over in southeast Portland. We hope it's been informative. And if you have any questions about it. Um, or feedback. Or feedback for our podcast or just, you know, general comments. We'd, we'd love to interact with you on social media. We are at DonorBridge on both Instagram and Twitter. We are DonorBridge PDX on Facebook. Um, you can reach out to us on any of those platforms. Uh, and also, don't forget, if you're willing to buy a homeless person something, but you don't, I mean, you know, when you're walking by them, you don't have the spare change on hand, or you don't have time to go get that item for them, call the Bridgemobile. Yes, and. Oh God, let's see if I can remember the number. It's Okay, the Bridgemobile is, uh, help anyone now, just call, we'll deliver. 1-971-361-4532. The first thing you'll hear if you call is Bridgemobile, Ray speaking, and we'll have a chat about what you want to give. I'll go find a price for it. I'll probably call you back and then I'll uh, buy it if you pay for it and bring it to that individual. And we'll be 
building that into more of a refined app platform so we don't ever have to get on the phone, but you guys are welcome to chat with me right now. The service is free, and I think you really should take advantage of it if you're wanting to give. Um, other than that, I think we're going to sign off here. Yeah. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a very fun podcast. So Have a good Christmas, folks. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Bridge Builders. This is your Bridge Builder-in-Chief, Ray Torkelson, signing off from the Build the Bridge with DB podcast. It's been a really fun time chatting with Mike and the homeless shelter that was proposed. Um, So we're going to sign off here with a little bit of Sunday candy, even though it's Monday. Merry Christmas if you celebrate. Otherwise, happy holidays. Say in her voice, in her way, that she like me. With her eyes, with her smile, with her belt, with her hands, with her money. I am the thesis of her prayers. Her nieces and her nephews are just pieces of the layers. Only one she loves as much as me is Jesus Christ and Taylor. I got a future song singing for my grandma. You sing it too, but your grandma ain't my grandma. Mine's handmade, pan-fried, sun-dried, Southside, and beat the devil by a landslide, praying with her hands tied, president of my fan club, Santa. Something told me I should bring my money. Gotta move it slowly, taking in my body like it's holy. I've been waiting for you for the whole week. I've been praying for you, you're my Sunday king. You gotta move slowly. Your peppermint is the truth. I'm pessimistic on Monday. If I had tweaked them, it's you. You look so good with the hat on. Had to match with the shoe. Came and dressed in the satin. I came and sat in your pew. I come to Christmas for dinner. 50 rolls on my plate. Hello, holes in my stocking. Holding your pockets in place. I like my love with the budget. I like my hugs with a scent. You smell like light gas while the electricity rent. You sound like why the gospel choir got so tired. Singing this crazy daily basis, so I gotta try it. You my dream catcher. Dream team, team captain. Matter of fact, I ain't seen you in a minute. Let me take my butt to church. You better come on in. Yeah, you gotta, gotta move slow.